you can truly make a difference in people's lives, I think, with trees and plants by making their houses look nice. And just to say, you know, we put a lot of time into growing that and to making it a beautiful landscape. You literally see the, your hard work paying off by the trees and shrubs growing. So I never had a doubt that this is what I wanted to do. So what makes Michigan a great state? I'm glad you asked. My name is Cliff Dubinois, and I'm on a quest to answer that exact question. After 20 years, I've returned to my native Michigan, and I'm looking to reconnect with my home state. I'm talking to the people who are behind Michigan's great businesses and top destinations. The same people who work hard every day to make our lives a little bit brighter. And you, Michigander, are coming along for the ride. This is the Call of Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Call of Leadership Podcast. So today, we're talking to one of those businesses that probably most people would just glance at when they drive by, but these are oftentimes the businesses that I think that have the most interesting story. And for most people, they probably only visit this place around Christmas time. Well, we're lucky enough today to be at Cluck Nursery, located just outside of Saginaw, Michigan. Tyler Cluck, Vice President of Cluck Nursery, is joining me for this interview. Tyler, how are you? Good. Great. Thanks for having us part of this. Very honored and humbled to, to be part of your uh, tour here. Thanks. And I am, I'm honored to be here. You've got a very impressive uh, facility and I know we're going to talk about more about that here in a second, but why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Yeah, absolutely. So born and raised in Saginaw, right here at the nursery, pretty much. We live just down the road. My parents uh, and I have a sister who is not involved with the business currently, but we both grew up you know, kind of living and breathing the nursery industry and went to high school around here and then went to Michigan State University and graduated in 2013 with uh, my horticulture degree and have been back here on the nursery since 2013 with my dad and currently I'm the fourth generation in the business and just hoping to keep this thing going like it has a lot of shoes to fill, uh, but a lot of great teachers who have been behind me, my father, obviously, and then our great staff we have has been a great start to this uh, adventure for me. I want to ask some more questions about your past, but before I do that, I'd like to get a little bit more perspective on the history of Cluck Nursery. So you said that you're fourth generation, Talk to us about when it was founded and who founded it. Sure, yeah. So it, we were founded in the 1920s. Don't have an exact date, but my it'd be my great-grandfather, Walter Cluck. He is the one who had this great idea. He started planting some trees, basically. And it was during around Christmas time. And uh, a, a local guy from Thomas Township came over on a horse and sled and you know, said, "Hey, I want to cut one of these Christmas trees down and use it as a in my in my house." And and Walter said, "Yeah, that's a great idea." So that kind of got the ball rolling with the Christmas end of things. And then he had some trees planted on his property, and he'd have people coming over saying, "Hey, I want to buy those trees and plant them in my yard." And so it just kind of started as people literally came out and they dug their own 
shrubs, trees to take to their yard. And, you know, he started thinking, okay, we, maybe we can do something with this. Fast forward some, some years, they had four uh, kids, three boys and a daughter. Uh, two of the boys were involved in the business, uh, Ed Cluck and my, my grandfather, uh, Gerald Cluck. Uh, would have been the second generation. And they also at the time had dairy cows and had some chickens. So Ed kind of took that side of the business. And my grandpa, Gerald, took more of the nursery side of the business and was a great combo that way. And then eventually the um, the cattle and the chickens kind of faded off, just wasn't feasible anymore. So they kind of partnered both in the nursery and kept growing that. And then my grandfather and grandma had uh, two daughters and a son, Tom Cluck being my dad. And he joined the business with my great uncle and grandpa. And really that's when kind of they really started to make this nursery thing grow. And we're now currently up to about 500 acres. And I am now involved as the fourth generation and just love it. Just love seeing all this, what came before me and just hope to keep going on and, and growing and being a service to the community and throughout the state and just to keep this thing going. One thing I do like about this story is the fact that this was founded in the 1920s. So we're getting pretty close to your 100th anniversary. Yeah, it's getting real close. Yeah, real close. And during that time, your business has seen boom and bust. Your business survived the Great Depression. You have seen more recessions than most people can keep track of. What do you think has allowed your uh, family business just to survive that long. I mean, and I say that because it's rare that businesses break the hundred year mark. So you're kind of a statistical anomaly here. So what would you attribute that to? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Actually, I thought this morning that maybe this would come up. And I, so I thought about it a little bit and they went through a lot of hard times, maybe even a little bit harder than what we dealt with, with the depression and all that. But now that we've dealt with COVID and that whole deal, I think from what's I think way back then to now is it was a, it's just a really core family business. And through the good times and bad times, I think everybody just, especially in the bad times, stepped up a little bit harder and just, you know, look, this is our livelihood. We need to figure out a way to, to do this. So I think I never met my great grandfather, but he started the roots, I think. Um, it, of, you know, we got to figure out how to do it. And if, you know, they got through it. And then my grandpa was the same, same attitude. My great uncle Ed was the same attitude. And then my dad, I think it's basically just been a rolling ball effect that just keeps growing on. Yeah, times are tough and times are also good, but when they're tough, you really got to buckle down and, you know, just really nail it down and try even harder and work harder. And then also to have a good supporting cast uh, with your employees. And from day one, we've had very reliable employees to keep this business operating. So, and I think also very key of support from the spouses to any business you work a lot, but 
in our type of industry, you know, we have to keep plants alive. So if it doesn't rain, if it rains too much, you know, there's some extra hours. So I think from great grandma Frida all the way to my wife, Tara, all of our wives have been very supportive to allow us to live our dream. And, you know, there's going to be some extra stress, extra hardships with any business. But when you live it hand in hand, they allowed everybody to keep being successful and to give us a support, you know, to do it. So I think that's a really key thing with a, a family business too, to have the whole team on board and you're going to have highs and lows, but you're going to get through it. So for a bit of perspective here, your business started in the 1920s and it was literally two guys selling trees out of their yard. How many people would you say are on staff today? Yeah, we currently have right about 40 employees, you know, obviously not all full-time in the, in the winter months, we're not as busy. So we, we go down to about a dozen, but at our peak season, if we could be about 40 to 45, that's, that's where we're at. And of course this business started in a yard. So how big is Cluck Nursery today? Yeah, we've grown tremendously. Uh, we probably have about 500 acres and that's enough for now. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's grown quite a bit. I've, I'm 29, so I've seen it grow not as much as my dad or grandpa have, but yeah, we have about 500 acres nursery stock and don't plan to get any bigger right now, but you never know. What I would like to do is I'd like to dive into the question of how you're able to maintain 500 acres. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick second and thank our sponsors. The Stevens Center for Family Business exists to support the success of family business throughout the Great Lakes Bay region of Michigan. It provides a wealth of resources that family business owners and leaders can access to leverage the unique strengths inherent in their family enterprises. The center provides educational opportunities about managing the often complicated combination of family and business, and hosts networking events where family business leaders can share their experiences and learn from one another. Drawing on experts from around the country, the center focuses on topics and issues that are unique to family business. It emphasizes best practices to achieve optimum business results while maintaining family harmony. With programs on succession planning, preparing the next generation, communication and conflict resolution, governance, family dynamics, policy development, company culture, and many more, the Stevens Center for Family Business probes subjects that are vital to family-owned enterprises. Regardless of the size of the family business or the number of years in its history, the Stevens Center for Family Business can be a valuable resource for helping to secure the ongoing legacy of multi-generational family businesses. The Stevens Center for Family Business, where networking and knowledge meet to support the success of family-owned companies, both in their business pursuits and their family relationships. For more information, please go to the website at svsu.edu backslash Stevens Center for Family Business or contact me, Casey Stevens, Membership Coordinator at 
864-2776. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So, Tyler, uh, the question I got for you is, I got to say, I love to see the entrepreneur at work to take advantages of the opportunities that present themselves. So we're talking 800 acres of plants. And some of them you said were in containers or you start them off in containers. I'm sorry, you said they're all containers? I know we, it's container and field grown. I don't, I, I guess I don't have like a percentage of what it is, but it's drastically changed when the, when the nursery first started, everything was field grown. It, that's just how it was. And then as the industry changed and we needed to figure out ways to produce plants lighter, you know, obviously, so people can grab them and go. The, the container nursery production has just exploded throughout the country. So now we have container and field grown product because some stuff you just can't grow in a container. It just needs to be out in the field. Um, and some stuff needs to be in a container versus in the ground. So, uh, okay. So people can grab them and go. Certainly. So now with all of this container growth that is going on, obviously the first thing that pops to mind is water. I don't think you guys are just sitting out there praying that it rains. You're entrepreneurs. You've got a product that you're selling and you got to make sure that, you know, you're keeping alive, that they look healthy. How did you overcome the challenge of getting enough water to sustain hundreds of acres of plants? Yeah, that's a great question. Because uh, with quite a bit of pro uh, container production, yeah, you can't just sit there and do rain dance because it's that we'd be going backwards. So we have two large irrigation systems. There's a Swan Creek, which runs right by us. We were, we're thankful we've always been able to irrigate out of that. Uh, and then I'd say mid 2000s, there was a lake that was right by the property that became for sale. So my dad and another uh, gentleman purchased that together. Uh, and it's like 60 acres of water. So we use that too now to irrigate all the container stuff. And we have overhead water, which is simply just whiz heads that spray out and they fall down like rain would for, um, and then there's certain plants that need more of a direct water at the base instead of the top. So we have what's called drip irrigation where they're just black lines of water and then they drip out of emitters directly onto the plant. So you can get more of a slow water release down to them. So, but it's a lot of water that we go through, you know, the 600 acre lake that you're talking about uh, you were mentioning before that it's fed by a natural spring. Yes, it's spring fed. Yep. Which is great because it's never going to go completely down, you know, dry on us. So it's a, it's a very good blessing that we were able to get that. Even though we still can irrigate from Swan Creek, that has gone dry before. Uh, years ago, I remember as a kid, you know, you literally could walk across it. So, and nowadays, if that would happen we'd be in some serious trouble. So having this lake, the spring fed lake was just a, a an, an added bonus as far as the irrigation goes. And probably solved one of your biggest problems too. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have plants or you don't have plants if you don't have water, you know? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to go back to your story 
and you said that you graduated from college back in 2013, and then you jumped into the family business. What is it about Cluck Nursery that made you say to yourself, you know, I really want to be a part of this? Yeah, it's great, great question. And I guess I want to start out with, I was never forced to do this. My parents always, obviously, my dad highly suggested, you know, and had me grow up in the nursery business, but it was never set in stone, you know, hey, you got to do this, which I think is very important because, you know, I feel maybe if some kids grow up in a family business, they might have the thought of, man, if I don't do this, yeah, you know, maybe my family won't be happy. And that's not the case in our business at all. We had any option to go do whatever we wanted. I just, for myself, ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to do this and be part of this. So growing up, I'd ride around in the truck with my grandpa during the day. And then I would, as I got older, you know, after school, I'd come and work. I'd, I'd uh, pull weeds and just saw that, you know what, this is something I really want to do. My, you know, p- the people before me were very successful. I love being outdoors. Uh, you can truly make a difference in people's lives, I think, with trees and plants by making their houses look nice. Being able to see your product uh, at a business planted or at a house and just to say, you know, we put a lot of time into growing that and to making it a beautiful landscape. And just to see while you're working, you literally see the, your hard work paying off by the trees and shrubs growing. So I never had a doubt that this is what I wanted to do. And uh, two years ago, I officially started buying into the business with my dad. So it's real now. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no turning back now. But yeah, there's real skin in the game, which obviously makes you think a little bit different yes. too. But yeah, like I said, was never forced into this and just truly just enjoy each day just being able to come in to work and to drive around and just just look at our product and keep it going. I think it really shows and you bring up an excellent point. It's different when you want to be here versus when you feel like you have to be here. And uh, I mentioned the word before about it being an obligation, because that is something that ultimately, I think for a lot of people, that you could come back and kind of resent after a while. Correct. Yep. Yep. So it's really nice you want to be a part of this. And it seems like you are more than ready to be a bigger part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of the offerings that you have here, because you told the story about how somebody pulled up to your, it was your great grandfather, right? Yep. That'd have been my great grandfather. Yep. Pulled up to his house and said, Hey, I want to cut down that tree for Christmas. So do you still sell Christmas trees here? Yes, absolutely. Big part of our business. And you asked earlier about, you know, how we're involved in the community. And I think that the Christmas trees probably stands out the most as far as being a service to the community. Before I get too into it, a lot of the Christmas tree customers have no idea that we're a nursery. (laughs) They think we just grow Christmas until they 
look more into it and say, wow, I you know, never knew you had all these landscape plants and shade trees. So it's just kind of a little story that it, it's just funny because we see it every day. They don't see it. So yeah. So as far as the Christmas trees, we still do that. Um, you know, we sell right around 5,500 trees a year and that's solely to retail, choose and cut. We don't do any whole Christmas trees. So it's a lot of work in about, you think about it, in about three weeks, uh, we open the day after Thanksgiving and usually by the middle of December, people have their tree. And each year it just seems to get earlier and earlier that people want the tree. So it's a three week chaos basically is what it is. By far the nursery is the biggest part of our business as far as, you know, financially and everything, but the busiest in the shortest amount of time, it's Christmas because it's just it's just a bunch of people, you know, in one spot. And to be able to provide that service of a Christmas tree, we have seen has just been awesome for our community. We hear it at our church, we hear it at events we go to you know, clock nursery, the, the Christmas tree, you know, that, that's what people think about us. So the thought of Christmas morning, you know, thousands of houses around us, the center focus in their living room is a clock nursery Christmas tree, which we take, you know, I guess good pride in that because it's a long process. It's about eight to 10 years to grow a Christmas tree. So there's a lot of thought goes into it. A lot of work goes into it. And then just to see how happy families are that leave with their tree and that we had a little bit of part of that just makes you feel great at the end of the day uh, when you've worked so hard and you're tired and you just think about that, that Christmas morning, they're looking at a Clutner's Christmas tree that came from Saginaw, Michigan, which I think is great. One of the things that I personally have always enjoyed when I go somewhere to pick out my Christmas tree is that it, it always seems like there's other events that are like, you know, like literally it becomes a big event. You got like in a food truck, there's hot cider. Do you guys pull out the carpet for that stuff too? Uh, we do in a, I'd say small way. We don't go crazy on that. We just kind of want to more be the Christmas tree end of things, but we do offer on the weekends. Uh, we have a little concession stand that we sell just some donuts, hot chocolate, cookies, cider out of. And then we have a, a bonfire area that every single day we have that going for the customers. Uh, we have a straw fort that we build for the kids to climb and play on, which is always a hit. And we do free wagon rides. Um, and then all the preparation of the tree of shaking it and wrapping it up, you know, that's free of charge. You know, we don't charge for that. Uh, we will help tie trees on cars if people need a hand. Uh, so really from the time you pull in to the time you leave, you know, we're just here to help. And we do offer like wreaths and garland and, you know, some of the decorations. So I haven't got into some places do the Santa and reindeer and whatnot. We haven't got that point yet. Not to, you know, who knows, but We've been doing this for almost 100 years, and it's working really well, and we've changed things along the way like you have to, and it's, it's, it's been great. We do do class field trips during the week for the local schools, so I guess another, one, another way that we are out in the community, we don't charge for the field trip, um, which a lot of the teachers like when they find out, oh, it's free. <laughs> I can bring 40 kids for free, you know? 
so that's nice to tr- keep trying to get these younger people in the the kids and then that their parents come out with it too and see we have a christmas tree farm in a nursery it i guess it all goes back to the you know the founders they didn't just throw this thing together they put some thought into it so that's why you know, like you asked how it's transitioned it's i'm very thankful that a lot of this was put in way back in the day and now i can just continue to try to keep it going and make improvements because there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing I forgot to mention about where the Christmas trees is the popcorn ball. And if you ask somebody about Clut nursery and getting their Christmas tree, they probably forget about the tree and they'll ask you, did you get your popcorn ball? So we give out free popcorn balls after they pay. And it's just been a tradition we've always had. And the kids obviously love it, but we think the adults like it a little bit more sometimes because they're always asking, where's the popcorn ball at? You know, well, you're going to get it when you pay. We got to get your money first. <laughs> I can imagine a lot of these adults out there had that same experience when they were kids. Absolutely. That's a great point. You know, we've, we have people coming out with generations of, of, which is another really cool thing to see, you know, the grandpas out there with their kids and then their kids. And it just is a spiral effect that if we can keep that in these younger kids, someday they're going to be doing the same thing. So it's, it's, it's just a good feeling to see all the different ages and the generations of people who have been coming getting trees for 50-plus years. The term that you said before was tradition, and I love this term. When you sit back and you think about how somebody said, hey, you know what, we should have a real Christmas tree, not a fake one. Then they come over here with their kids. They experience the popcorn ball and they see, or, you know, they see that, uh, that straw fort that you've built. And now those kids have grown up and now they want their kids to experience the same thing. So I could almost imagine that, you know, they could even do that as a bribe for their kids. You know, well, you, if you're a good boy or a good girl, you might be able to get a popcorn ball at the end. Probably. Yes. I, I, I would say that that's probably a really good possibility. (laughs) And I would also like to think that when you're over there experiencing it, because it's like you said, it's three weeks of chaos and obviously you're in the middle of it, but to have somebody look at you and say, you know, I remember when my grandfather brought me here and now I get to do this with my kids or with my grandchildren. That has to be very satisfying. It's very satisfying. Every time you hear the story, you know, it never gets old because each each person's perspective is a little bit different. And we've learned a lot from our customers. And like I said, there's always things you can improve on. But a lot of the stuff, uh, maybe some of these ideas throughout, you know, you get from your customers because obviously you got to listen to the customer, right? They're buying your product. So when you've got people that have been coming for that many years, you know, you, you got to think about that too. And make the customer as happy as they could be. Now, you and I met through the Stevens Center. And one of the things that has come up periodically in my interviews when we're talking about multi-generational businesses, obviously, is transitioning the business from, you know, perhaps somebody who's getting ready to retire to the younger generation. And the way you're going to, at some point in time, be handling this or handing this off to somebody else. So, through the Stevens Center, why don't you talk to us a little bit about how that's been influencing you? How has it been helping your business and how you've been able to contribute? 
Yeah, it's uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, the Stevens Center. This is a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. Uh, we don't get to go to all the events as we're at the different times of the year. We're we're still pretty busy, but what we do go to, we've we've, we've walked away with a lot of different ideas and just. I guess it's a good thing to be a part of to see what other people are doing, what other people did that didn't work, you know, because you, you have to look at that too. And just the speakers that they bring in to these events who have seen it all, it, it helps a lot. And you mentioned about the transition. We're going through quite a bit of that right now. We've had some of our key guys who have been with us for 40 plus years, you know, they're retiring. So the Stevens Center helps is helping us try to build this next phase of the nursery, especially for me, because, you know, I'm going to have to bring in, uh, you know, a whole new look of things because a lot of these people who are retiring are going to retire. We got to replace with young, good people. And the Stevens Center has been a great uh, tool, I guess we'll say, to listen just to how do you plan for success in a family business. We've even had some of our employees listen to some talks or podcasts that, that the Stevens give out. Instead of it just being dad and I there, we want to include our employees with it. And they've been thankful to listen to what the Stevens Center brings um, to us. So, And just to hear all the history and success stories of Bronners and Zenders, beer line, just to hear all those stories. It's pretty cool to say that we can be a part of the group that the Stevens Center is, has made. And so we're very thankful to be a part of it. One thing that you brought up before is the fact that you've got a lot of people here who have been here for four decades getting ready to retire. And one of the things that I know that has directly impacted me throughout my career is when somebody who's been here for 40 years, they retire and you lose that knowledge. So there's this, you're, you're scrambling to say to yourself, wow, we need to get that knowledge transfer. Cause like you said, these new people coming in don't have four decades of experience. Some of them probably have four minutes of experience. So what does that process look like to go back and say, Hey, let's capture uh, what, what you do to make sure that we've got your experience, like we were talking about before going through the recession, right. And being able to trap that information. And like I said, you know, what work, what didn't work and you know, what does that process look like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary process, you know, especially for me, cause I'm just kind of coming into like the management ownership at the time of these key retirements, but we have hired a handful of younger people to build it back up. Um, you're not going to replace 40 years with one person. Very rarely will you find that. So our plan right now is kind of get a group of core younger people to split up these tasks that these guys did for 40 years that hopefully now they will do for 30 more years, 40 more years to have the same thing. But I'll be honest, it's been a tough transition, throw COVID into all of it, the lack of labor into it, uh, price increases on everything, wages. You got to put all this into effect, but you still got to have employees as well. So we've done well. 
um, with retaining employees too, you know, which is a, a good feeling for us too, that, you know, we feel we're doing something right too, if they want to be here every day and they want to be here for 40 years. So it's, it's been tough, but we are going in the right direction. And I'm very thankful for the younger core that we've brought in and within the last five to 10 years, um, that they are, they're so dedicated and willing to help me as much as I, as we want them to help us. So, you know, overall it's been pretty good and we just got to keep working hard on getting good people and having good people around for the employees too. You know, you don't want to work with people who have bad attitudes. And so we have a good family, I guess we'll call it. Instead of employees, we feel that they're family to us. They're giving up their time throughout the week to work for us. And then, you know, to give them time with their families as well as a very important um, that they have their time too. So, but yeah, we're, like I've said multiple times today, we're just blessed with the, with our employees. So. Well, take that direct reflection because, and I say, well, I think that's a direct reflection because I say this because I thought I had the wrong location when I pulled up because this place doesn't look like any nurseries I've ever seen. And trust me, I've seen like a bunch of them, but when I pulled up here, I really thought this was somebody's house because this place is just immaculate. And that says something about the employees that work here, that they care that much because obviously this is not the result of one person. When you're talking about 500 acres, you were showing me these aerial photos of the farm and everything is just lined up. Everything is just lined up nice. Like you could almost put a straight edge to all these different plants and everything just lined up because that right there is because employees care, which is not something that you can buy. Absolutely not. No, and that's, that's a great point that you brought up. You know, we do as a nursery, you're selling plants, you're selling trees, if your stuff doesn't look nice in your sales yard or as you enter into the our nursery, I mean, would you feel comfortable buying a tree if it looked half dead, you know? So that's very important to us. And my, I remember my grandpa, he would constantly tell me, he goes, you got to make sure that the front entrance sign is always looking nice. Why would someone want to pull into your business if the sign didn't look good? And at the time, I'm, you know, you're young, I'm young. And it's, it's like, oh, all right, grandpa, you know, but you sit back and think, and that's a simple thing that is very important. You know, you don't want it to be a mess. And then as far, like, like you mentioned, I appreciate the comment of, you know, your first time being here and how you noticed that right away. Uh, we take great pride in making everything look as best as it can. And the employees, you hit it on the nail that they care. They care about the tractors, the golf carts, the trucks, the track, there's the big tractors they drive, the semi trucks, they take pride and they take care of them to, so that they look nice and so that we can keep this for multiple years instead of having to continue buying uh, trucks, tractors, which you got to wait <laughs> so long for now anyways, because it's hard to get. So our employees for sure take pride in keeping our nursery clean. So it's, it's a great to have that 
part of it because like you said one person can't take care of 500 acres or all the tractors everything so everybody takes care of what they do and it keeps it running tyler if somebody's listening to this and they're now convinced they've got to get their christmas tree here or they just want to come by and check out your facility because it really is wonderful what's the best way for people to be able to connect with you online yeah they can visit us at our website uh com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. We do a lot on Facebook as far as telling our story. Uh, that's one thing I'm trying to do a little bit more of is, okay, they come here and they see the plant and they see the tree, but how did it get to that point? So I'm trying to push that a little bit more to make it feel more of, uh, you know, like they were involved in the purchase, especially for Christmas um, as far as that. So those are the best ways to find out about us obviously stop on out uh we're located in saginaw at 1020 van warmer road and we'd be happy to have you come out and just walk around and take a look and see what we have to offer but those would be the best ways to find out about what we have going on here at our nursery Wonderful. And for our audience, we will have all of those links in the show notes down below. Tyler, it's been awesome chatting with you today. I've learned a lot about uh, Cluck Nursery and uh, I really got to say this, it really is beautiful. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming. And again, for the Stevens Center to uh, suggest that you came here. Uh, We're honored for that and uh, hope to keep having conversations like this in the future. My wife and I are expecting a little baby boy in February. Oh, congratulations. You didn't say anything about that. I was saving it for the end, you know. Leave on a high note. Yeah. Uh, just honored that there's the potential of a fifth generation. There we go. Um, to con- maybe to continue this. Again, he won't be forced into this either, but we're very excited for that. To have five generations of cluck around you know, you, like you said, you don't see many businesses get past the hundred. So yeah, real excited for that. So maybe you'll be doing an interview with him. Oh, you never know. In a couple of, in, in, in some years down the road. You never know. Thanks again, Tyler. Yeah. Thank you very much.